0: Justin Chandler, and we're going to continue off um, with our Batman Forever commentary track with Kyle Davis and the ever-so-gracious Mark Hughes from Mark Hughes Films and Forbes Online. Um, so we are at 59 minutes. We're right where the Enigma Tech Globe and Jim Carrey decides to announce to the world that he has this new thing called The Box. So we're going to press play in... Actually, I just turned my stuff off. We're going to press play in three, two, one, and go. Okay.
1: okay. We have Jim Carrey up there on the podium uh, giving his little speech about his new invention of sorts, you could say.
0: The Netflix before Netflix. Netflix <laughs> before Netflix.
2: And see all the... Look at the camera movement and all this. Look at how... The, the handheld camera. Through the crowd. The, you know, go, the going back and forth movement of it that we had. Uh, and, like,
0: this whole thing does All just, the
2: neon.
0: <laughs> it doesn't make sense because, the, okay, they announced the box and all of a sudden they have this huge tower, like, the next day. And, like, that CGI does not work of that city skate. No. Wow! Like I'm just like the, the next day they just apparently not only do you get like incredibly intelligent, but you can build shit like Lego fast. <laughs> I don't know. Even if that was Legos would take a while,
2: <laughs> and just
0: uh, it's like they should have had like another draft of this movie. It just well, they did. <laughs> <laughs> they, they just, <laughs>
1: as we've talked about before.
2: They they did yeah. Um mm.
1: I like how Alfred just yells, "Master Dick." <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and like this whole like this is another issue I have with this movie. And we'll talk about it once he gets into it. But like this is pretty impressive. Like he can do this and not like break, like th- like break his collarbone. Like I know he's like a gymnast. It can do crazy things like this, but. I mean,
1: the, the door actually stops closing at times when he's not on the screen. Pretty impressive, and, and,
0: actually. And then all of a sudden, okay, so let's get this straight: Bruce Wayne, who's a multi-billionaire, who has all these crazy toys, and is, and his security thing is, as soon as somebody breaks into the Batcave, they it pops up. Because of why? Shouldn't they, like we have to make sure they realize where they're at.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Try
1: to scare them off. That's our security system.
0: And they have the worst person to say intruder al- intruder alert. I mean, I know Siri wasn't around at this time. Come on. <laughs> and Alfred looks like how does Alfred just let him steal the
2: Batmobile?
0: What the hell? That's
2: the, that's a really important question. I always wondered like, is Alfred trying to physically stop him at all, and Dick Grayson just like shoves the old man down, or what exactly happened in that scene?
0: Alfred's just like, you better not take it. I'm I'm waving my finger at you. Don't do it. You're going to be in trouble. I'll tell Master Wayne on you. (laughs) It just doesn't make any sense.
2: (laughs) My parents were murdered before me as a kid. She's like, but I don't understand, Bruce. You weren't murdered at all. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Like... You're right, thanks. I'll go now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And, like, apparently if you're in Gotham City, you had just have an automatic fan just next to you. Because there's no way that the wind
1: is blowing like that. Apparently Gotham City is actually Chicago.
2: (laughs) It's 1990s and they have hair. What are you going to do? Come on. (laughs) And his hairstyle changes uh, back and forth a few times in this scene, actually. (laughs) Jim Carrey's. Like, Jim Carrey's hair, like, from one scene to the next, is, like,
0: once red, then it's, like...
2: I don't mind it changing from one scene, but, like, when he's out on that balcony with her, it looks one way. He walks in, it's different, and now it looks different again. And I'm, like... He is st- apparently stopping every time the camera's not on him and combing his hair different or something, I guess.
0: And apparently everyone in Gotham is, like, super obsessed with Batman because not only do you have Edward Nigma obsessed collecting... Batman memorabilia, as in like newspaper clips, magazines. But so does Chase Meridian. Like everyone's just like. Crazy. And Vicki Vale. Oh yeah.
2: Although, admit it, if if in Flint, Michigan, if Batman was there, everybody in Flint, Michigan would be freaking obsessed with Batman, right? <laughs> Everyone would try to take. Him everybody out. here, if he was here in L.A., then I I guarantee you half the news every day in L.A. would just be about Batman. I'm sure. I have no doubt.
0: Probably right about that. And like Alfred is the biggest cock block in the scene. He's like, I'm I can't be jealous of Batman because
2: We're all obsessed with Batman and he doesn't even live in our city. <laughs> <laughs> so we have pictures we have more pictures of Batman than Chase Meridian does. Come on, let's all be honest here. <laughs> <laughs> I have
0: a I'll try to show it to you, Mark. I have a painting of Heath Ledger's Joker. Wow. So
2: that's, that's awesome. nice. Yeah, that's really cool. Did it's you a, say that's a painting? Yeah. Or it's a poster? Painting.
0: It's a painting. Wow. I don't know. It's, I know it's like really not that. Uh, but yeah, that's a painting.
2: Wow. That's really good. That's really cool.
0: Come on, Elf. Stop being
2: a car. As cheesy as it is, I really, I like his line here. No. The, the other, other car. car. <laughs> and she's like, oh
0: my God, he took a car. Awful. (laughs) He's
1: he's gonna get... Not the Jaguar. No,
2: sir. The
0: other (laughs) clone.
2: And his face is great after he says it. He's like, you stupid...
0: Now, every...
2: Every time the Batmobile hits a bump, the wings, the bat wings they on the top, on flap, <laughs> and that really is like the worst thing. Just that, just is terrible. That should not be happening. The
0: helmet and there's one scene after uh... There's one scene the bat like the cowl like it just like vibrates. Oh, it's at the very end when he's r- r- running in the in the black. It's just like. And like, why is he trying to pick up like prostitutes? With the Batmobile, you don't need a Batmobile to do that. (laughs) I forgot. It's (laughs) Batboy, and it's Alicia Silverstone. No, it's not. She looks exactly like Alicia Silverstone.
2: Yeah, I just that's for a second when you see her. That's you know that's who I I always because Alicia Silverstone is in. Batman and Robin. Every time I watch this, if it's if it's been a while since I've seen this, for a split second, I think it's Alicia Silverstone, and then I have to remember, oh no, it's not.
0: Okay, well, how does this day glow? I don't where I don't I don't understand. Do they just have it like neon lights everywhere just around them? Is that what lights the city? Like Gotham's so like poor, they instead of <laughs> getting, like regular lights, they got to go to neon. I don't. It doesn't. I don't know. So- I think
2: they're just in a giant Spencer's gift store,
0: maybe. <laughs> a giant hot topic. Yeah. <laughs> and like in Dick Grayson's fighting as more gymnast than actual ass kicker. I mean he obviously like practices all the time with his wash foo. <laughs> Clearly. That's and a secret. A-
2: Alicia
0: Silverstone.
2: Now, remember, this movie was nominated for an Academy Award for the cinematography. A lot of people forget that, but...
0: And, like, The Dark Knight Rises wasn't nominated for shit.
2: Yeah. What was that about, right? Oh, well. Don't get me started. <laughs> That'll be Don't, a... don't get me started. That'll be a
0: future <laughs> podcast. <laughs>
2: That will that'll be the uh, the, co- the commentary podcast for uh, the Dark Knight Rises. We'll just be us going. This wasn't nominated for anything. What? It, three what? hours of that. That's we'll the, that's all we'll say. <laughs> that's the only thing we'll say until uh, until the death scene in the truck when she goes. Uh. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay, so I'm going to beat you up, Batman, by punching your shoulder. You could have saved him. I'm going to punch your shoulder. I do like that line, though. Bruce Wayne could have...
2: Yeah. And I love the, like... I like that he says it, and I, uh... And... Like as that he's a separate person. He's I'm wearing the Batman mask, so I'm gonna say I'm gonna talk about Bruce Wayne like he's just some dude who's not here that has nice hair.
0: Right, and gone is the Danny Elfman score, and Elliot Goldenthal does a pretty good job. It's not as good as Danny Elfman. It's definitely not as good as Hans Zimmer, but he get the the Batman march in this, and there's a few good Batman songs from the, the score. Not I'm talking about the Smashing Pumpkin stuff or the YouTube, yeah. Stuff. The seal stuff. I'm talking about the actual cinematic score. Ellie Goulding thought does a pretty solid job. I would have liked to. I would I still would have liked to have seen a Danny Elfman. I would pay Danny Elfman to do this score, though, just to see what would happen. <clears throat> I love how Alfred is looming in the background in this scene as well. Some good stuff right here. Yeah, the, the dialogue is all so good here. Mm-hmm. We got to remember, the, Akiva, it was written by Janet and Lee Batchelor, but Akiva Goldsman, who has an Academy Award for writing for A Beautiful Mind, did the screenplay. But he also did Batman and Robin, too, so I guess.
2: But you know what? That's He was hired. He wrote the screenplays. He was hired to write. And the truth is, you know, we're talking about this movie. This is not a bad screenplay. This isn't a bad film. And when you, before you look at, you know, if you just read the script itself, I mean, look at this movie and imagine it on the page, the camp isn't going to come out nearly as intense. There's no neon on the page. There's no overacting. You know, Tommy Lee Jones is not chewing every piece of scenery in the room on the page. It's So it probably felt very different. And I, I, I suspect that uh, it's not as, uh, when we read the script now, we know already what it all looks like on the screen but at the time if you're just reading it i'm sure it's it probably seems even better than it does you know when we fun. watch it and defend the movie
0: mm-hmm. too much neon there does not need to be neon on your guitar do we miss the scene with elizabeth sanders kane bob kane's wife oh, i her?
2: don't know she's you there know she,
0: yeah there she is yeah <laughs> she's in batman returns as well reprising her role as Gus Gertie. But Jim Carrey looks fucking good in this scene, too.
1: According to her, he doesn't.
0: (laughs) What does Drew Barrymore know, though? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I could see Jim Carrey as Batman in this movie. Like, he looks pretty fucking good. Yeah, like this script's pretty damn solid.
2: There's a few like little yeah. uh, little missteps in it, but for the most part,
0: it's pretty damn good.
2: And with Batman and Robin, I think it's important to remember that you know, I don't like that movie. I don't enjoy it. I don't find it entertaining. But it's when people say it's not Batman, I'm like, "Well, no, actually, it's it is Batman. It's a faithful adaptation of Batman, just of a certain period of Batman comics that most people don't like, and that thankfully only exist a long time ago, and that we never will have to endure again. But <laughs> that was a valid—that was a valid interpretation of Batman. Uh, it was essentially a modern, updated big screen version of the TV show, you know, uh, except not what's as this, well written. Here?
0: Look at his curls. This whole, I don't know. Like, I like this scene up until Tommy Lee comes and crashes the party. I don't understand. Yeah. What he's trying to do, but then he tries to kill Batman, but really he saves Batman with that giant tube. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He saves Batman with his giant tube, and then he tries to kill him. Why didn't, why does? I don't know. I like how he even complains about why he can't kill Batman.
1: And he tries again, and then does, and it leaves without trying to confirm if he killed him again. Just, just lay a... No, just lay. A Why won't you die? <laughs> All right, let's go.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Mark, what do you if if Chris Nolan in the '90s took this script? How awesome do you think this movie would have been?
2: I think it would have been... uh, I mean, if Chris Nolan went back in time and had his talents and the things that he had in the 2000s and was, like, older and was at that same age and everything uh, at the time, hypothetically, basically, if Chris Nolan had been given this screenplay to make uh, and he had accepted it, then I think it would have probably... uh, Tonally, it probably would have turned out a lot more like... uh, uh, Batman the Red Book Edition version of this movie uh, I think I mean we don't it's hard to say because we don't know are we assuming the casting is the same uh, I'm sure that we would not have had the the, the neon lights and all of that stuff uh, a lot of the, uh, the visual aesthetics would have been different uh, but the, again the studio wanted what they wanted and at the end of the day this is the movie they wanted uh, and it's not ideal and it's very flawed and has a lot of problems. But at the end of the day, it's also not a bad movie. Uh, and a lot of people enjoyed it. A lot of fans enjoyed it. A lot of film critics liked this movie more than they liked the Tim Burton Batman films. You know, uh, interestingly enough, Siskel and Ebert both liked this movie better than the first and second Batman films. Uh,
0: They really liked the Batman Mask of the Phantasm even more.
2: Yes, they did. <laughs> yeah. Well, understandably. I mean oh, yeah. with the, I the love it.
0: Was a great movie. It was
2: it was a it was a terrific film.
0: I love his reaction to no, 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 don't. No. Totally screwed everything up. <clears throat> but he comes he plays it off like the Joker. Like to me, like they're just too, like, laughy and jokey. And, like, this thing doesn't make sense either, because he would burn the fuck out of his hands. I don't care what anyone says.
2: Like, well, they're trying—this th- isn't—the in- Joker c- similarity is intentional, I'm sure. He was trying—that's what he was going for, so.
0: Like, him sliding down the, the, that, uh, that that ladder or whatever, that fire escape, he'd burn it- the shit out of his hands. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense to me.
2: If you're looking for sense in this movie, then you're definitely going to have a hard time finding a lot of it. <laughs> that is true.
0: It's it's like they do so much good, but then there's also man, they really no, uh, like oh yeah, no. Uh, it's like and it throws us so much hope, and then it just like it gets yanked away.
2: It's such an iconic image. Up, oh, I'm back.
1: Uh, okay. Oh, cool. Yeah, we're at the part here where he's uh,
0: he just jumped off for the final knife, and they beat up everyone's butt.
2: Yeah, <laughs>
0: such a trailer moment. I remember seeing the that the TV commercial for this. Then like they they needed to be when Batman does that double kick, they needed to be like pull out the camera needed to be pull out more because you can definitely tell it's the stunt the stunt guy, it's not Val Cumber. Yeah. Kyle, did you know that Christian Bale read for Robin? Did you really? Yeah. Christian Bale did, Leo DiCaprio did, Jude Law did. And then they played the Indiana Jones thing again, which I don't understand. Not enough to do it once a movie, you gotta do it twice now. How does he know where she lives? <laughs> My place, come on after.
2: He's Batman. He knows where everybody lives. Oh, wait. No, it's Superman that's told somebody, I know where everybody lives, right? In <laughs> wait, the comics. At least he's not creepily, like sitting it- <laughs>
0: outside of Lois Lane's house, and like he did in <laughs> Superman Returns. Why <laughs> did he apple hook up there? Why is he climbing? Yeah,
2: know. I'm not sure why he even went that way in the first place. He why paid- did he go wait. that way? They went out the front door. He went to the roof. I don't, I mean, what was the point of that? <laughs> I
0: don't know. He, they, he leaves. He comes back. He leaves again. And now he jumps off the rooftop into a giant sleeve. <laughs> and, like, this was awesome, though. For 1995, that was tense. Yeah. But, like, why is Two Face saving him? Just, like, not have that there. I don't get it. Just let him fall into the cement, like they do in the other guys.
1: <laughs> I gotta, I'm just imagining that scene now. <laughs> Batman just goes splat. <laughs> no, we, we gotta
0: complicate it. We gotta try to like bury him on the ground, like I never bought this either. Like Batman had this like cape thing that would like take it heat. Like even when I was a kid, it's like, nah, that doesn't work. What I want to know is if Bruce Wayne has this
1: technology, why is he not like giving it to all the firehouses?
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: You know how many lives he
0: could save with that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you make the entire airplanes out of that stuff and that, too. Yeah,
0: exactly. Al was so bad in that scene when he jumps out of it, but he looks good in that shit. That's a that was a great shot. Yes. Very iconic. Okay, you you blow you you take out whatever you just took out. And like all this weird sand comes through, which I don't understand. Like, I don't. Okay, I'll go for that. But just lay like, a, like a clip around into him. Just don't leave. It's like, okay, blew him up. Bye, Felicia. At least like
1: stick around for like two minutes to see, see? if something. Yeah. Is.
0: Make sure Robin doesn't come in and just like stick yeah. his yeah. out at you. <clears throat> Yeah,
1: like if you look here, like Robin saves them before like
0: they've even left the, the room. I know. before they get in their cars to leave, Robin, Robin saving them. He's like, oh my god, yes, my tongue, yeah, come on. <laughs> <laughs> and then Br- he he just saves his life, and Bruce's like, "What the fuck were you doing?" Nightwing reference. Yeah. Oh ho, ho. I I just imagine like to me like imagine yeah. Bruce being like like a lot larger and muscle wise like he just looks really skinny in this, but whatever. 1990s. Okay, so you're gonna stop him by standing up.
1: How menacing I look. <laughs>
2: I mean, he's in good shape. He's not—he's uh, not in Christian Bale shape, but he's still. He's not Ben Affleck. And the truth is, I mean, when you see these guys that are martial arts experts that fight, uh, uh, a lot of them—they don't look like weightlifters. I mean, the, when you watch MMA fighters, they do more. But
0: uh... see, get the security camera of Vic of I was it Vicky Vale Chase Meridian.
2: Close enough. <laughs> What the f- And what kind of security camera is that? And what <laughs> is she? Oh no, that's a, that's camera. It's a uh, TV footage, right? Because there's a microphone, so I mean, somebody's I- holding a microphone, and she's just kind of like brushing her hair back and staring at the camera. She's like in an vers- Herbal
0: Essence commercial.
2: Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. I was like, uh, and this- well, this is she moonlights as a as an Herbal Essence model, perhaps. This
0: looks like it could be a commercial right now. (laughs) It's like, this is like a commercial for condoms right here. We did the herbal essence one and (laughs) don't leave home without it. This whole scene's so bizarre to me.
2: Her apartment is a single giant bedroom, apparently. I know. Yep. (laughs) I'm just saying, she has a penthouse apartment and. It's just a giant bedroom. She put her bed in the middle of her penthouse room.
0: This is this the first time Batman's kissed on the... In the suit like that?
2: Uh, He didn't kiss Catwoman, right? Not really. No, she he didn't licked, actually kiss her? No, I she, guess not.
0: She licked him.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: this whole... Like, it's so bad. It's like, your body... I just want you so bad, but now I really want some other dude. What a tease.
1: Right? She, like, breaks up with Bruce Wayne at first so she could be a Batman. But then she breaks up with Batman to be a Bruce Wayne. It's <laughs> <laughs> ironic was- in a way.
0: <laughs> Mark, have you heard the... the what? Uh, Go ahead. Have you heard the Kevin Smith commentary of that? Of this? The fabric? No.
2: It's, it's I'm having trouble with are y'all... Ha- you sound okay. you Can you hear me? Yeah, we, yeah can, we can hear you. You're getting real mechanical sounding.
1: Everything a, sounds good on my end.
2: There's a... I have a... Maybe it's just my headphones. Oh, no, there's, okay. there's the sound. Okay. Oh, I missed the bat smile. Oh, I did too. I missed the smile. Yeah, it's okay now. My, my, I lean too far back and I'm pulling need my phone the- out.
0: Not to pay attention to that shit.
1: It was probably for the best.
0: <laughs> yeah, we
1: missed the bat smile. <clears throat> Everyone knows the bat smile already. We don't really need to talk about it. It is what it is.
0: Oh my God, the worst Batman's, the worst cinematic thing Batman can do in the bat suit is smile. And look at like they they photograph the the lights in this thing too, which is bizarre. Why are they like like so close to each other? It's weird. And like okay, so so Batman decides to quit because why? Again, he had to be stayed by someone else.
1: It's unacceptable.
2: <laughs> well, he thinks his it's the the philosophy behind it is that he's gonna quit. Uh, Dick Grayson says, "You're coming with. I'm gonna come out there no matter what, and I'm gonna kill uh, Two Face." And so he's saying. If the only way to stop you from becoming what I am and from being consumed by vengeance and becoming a killer is for me to stop, then I'll do it. I'll stop so that you also have to stop.
0: I love that turnaround to Balcombe or does as Bruce Wayne.
2: There's so many. There's really good
0: iconic images in this. Just too bad, like it wasn't executed better in like the final product. Yeah. <sighs> <clears throat> So we're at hour twenty-five minutes, hour twenty-six of *Batman Forever*. What do you what did you what do you think of the Elliot uh, score here, Mark?
2: I I like the score for this a lot. Uh, it's again, I mean, I understand it's different from Danny Elfman, and Danny Elfman's score is is wonderful and iconic. But I think that I like the music in this. Uh, I think that the score is really good. Uh, I think every, uh, all the technical aspects in this, it's all good. Whether or not some of the lighting or some of the you know the neon and some of those things, whether or not it was uh, what the film needed, uh, the old bat suit back there. Uh,
0: I like I like how it's lit too.
2: Yeah, it whether. I, it, on, a, on a technical level, it was all done well. It was all it, it was extremely good uh, production values. Uh, there was there was nothing do, done on the cheap on this. It mm-hmm. hey, crystal. It looks it looks great. Frequently, I mean, again, I all I can people have to remember that this film was nominated for an Oscar for the cinematography, right? As well as other things, but.
0: Just not the Dark Knight Rises.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like the I like the backdrop of Halloween as well. I like when they kind of play up the the holidays in the Batman movies. Like Batman Returns did uh, Christmas. This movie did uh, Halloween.
1: What I want to know is why there's a bunch of kids at Wayne Manor when it's in the middle of nowhere. And like, well, because like... he has the biggest candy bars.
0: You know how far away that the drive just to go to his house. <laughs> and now we're at another flashback <laughs> sequence. I do like the look of Wayne Manor here. I like this. I like this look of Wayne Manor way more than I did than the Tim Burton because that to me was that wasn't just um that was just a mansion. Like a like a celebrity's mansion, like this screams manor house to me. When you compare that when you compare those,
2: you know what? That's uh, you raise an interesting point there. Something that I've always uh, the Wayne Manor in the films. I'm not really. The first film, it was you know they used kind of a castle and <laughs> it was uh, it just I never really felt convinced it it was set way for, it was set way far away and it never just really felt as much like a a, tr- a mansion for a family I, that had been around for so long and everything I think uh, none of the Batman films uh, and this is a nitpick it's not a big deal to me but. None of the Batman films did I ever really feel like Wayne Manor itself had a true atmosphere and a presence in the films. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were all fine. They all worked fine. But I, I never really got a sense of uh, of Wayne – like the city Gotham uh, itself is a character in, in many of the films and really has an atmosphere in most of the films. Uh, it has a very distinct atmosphere and presence. But Wayne Manor never has felt that way to me in the films, and I'm not sure why that is. Uh...
0: I can I I agree with you. Like, have you seen the Batman versus Robin? How like that was? They play that as mm-hmm. like, a character, um, within that film, which is really well made, and I really like that a lot. But like, there was it was more than just like just a thing. It was an actual, like, it's part of the story, whereas, like, like Winnie Manor has always been played off in these Batman movies, it's just kind of like a backdrop. And we're finally in the cave, like, Bruce is finally in the cave with the Black Book. And, like, in the in the Red Book Edition, something that I, I, I really do like the Red Book Edition, but something that I really did have a hard time with, is that scene with that
2: huge bat. Oh, really? Really? Yeah, it's just like one of my favorites. I have to admit, that's one of my favorite of the missing scenes from this movie. It just plays to me. It plays off hokey. I don't know why, but
0: just maybe because of like the fangs and everything, just screams like more vampire bath than me. But I like it, like how it's coming at you and everything. But like when it's like when it's like that, like you know, I'm saying where it's like that. To me, just I don't know for some reason, I just have a hard time with that. I don't know why it is.
2: Well, I liked it because, first, I just thought it was a cool image, but then I also, separate from that, it kind of symbolized him. You see him as a kid and the small bat, the regular size bat coming toward him, and as he talks about that he was going to become a bat and to take on the bat, and then the bat turns into a person, and then it spins around, and we see him in front of it, and he's... So it's it was kind of symbolic of him. Just that I... I like that. Uh, so I like that it was the bat turning. He was watching and seeing the bat becoming him. Essentially, the bat was taking on his form as or and as a representation of he, that he was going to become a bat. And it was like he's looking at this bat and seeing it and imagining that bat becoming him. Mm-hmm. So I like the just on its own. The imagery itself, just standalone, is pretty damn cool. I think, but. Uh, I also like what it represented and I thought it was a cool visual literal representation as well
0: I, I, I straight up love this scene when they storm Wayne Manor I've, I really was hoping we would get more of that with Bane in the Dark Knight Rises like he just storms into Wayne Manor like and you get that a lot in Arkham, the Arkham Origins games I don't know if you play that but I really, yeah. love, I really love this when they just break into Wayne Manor and just start beating the fuck out of everything so awesome. And it, it plays strongly, yeah. too. Like, his fortress is being invaded by, you know, the villains he's tried to protect. And now he can't even protect his own home. He can't protect Alfred. Alfred's got beat down. Robin's gone. Like, he's pretty much left to his own devices. Yeah. And here, here, like, here the Riddler is destroying everything that he's worked his entire life to build up. And I love this. It's like, man, like, this is such...
2: It's, this is like yeah. one
0: of my favorite sequences in this entire movie.
2: Even I agree, I f- and it's look at how well again, what Schumacher does with the mixing of your reactions here. The Riddler, you're laughing. <laughs> oh, you're, he's cutting back and forth from a moment that, of levity and comedy, like, and then, dude, you know this stuff is funny and you're laughing, but then the Batcave is being blown up. Mm-hmm. And bat and Bruce Wayne and Chase uh, Meridian are being chased by these armed guys, and there's the fight. And the film is like jumping; it's it's going from one to another to another to another. So mm-hmm. it's 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 letting you laugh, and then you know gasp, and then yell, and then laugh, all back and forth. So your, your emo- you know what what you're feeling and your emotions are kind of jumping from one thing to another, and it's n- but not disjointed. It's very intentional. And there's so much happening here, and so much editing, and then the sound. And it's important, you know. This this one, uh, I'm sorry, I didn't win. It was nominated for uh, sound, and I think I think sound, and sound editing, either one or both of those. And uh, the scenes like this, the editing is so good in these scenes, and the the camera work and and what it does with your reactions to to what's happening is just all works so well. I think it's further proof. Just you know, further proof of why this is indeed a much better film than you think it is.
0: Oh yeah, and it deserves the credit. It deserves credit for sure. Like I like I said, like just like I love Batman Beyond, Return of the Joker, where the Joker breaks into Wayne Manor. I really hope that we get something like that in uh, maybe a solo Ben Affleck Batman movie with the joke. Like I just really like just the whole thought of. He goes out at night to protect the city, but he himself can't even protect his own home. That's just, like, crazy. Yeah. It's awesome. And then Jim Carrey with this cane work. Jim Carrey is pretty... I don't know if you listened to the commentary track that Joel Schumacher did for this film. We talked about how many... He broke yeah. up, like, a hundred, like, canes <laughs> break them because he was doing all these crazy things with it. I love the pull out of the eye as well. I love, that. I love when Alfred's like, how are you, young man? He's like, you haven't taught, called me that in a long time. It really screams that father-son relationship.
2: I love how he kinda of,
0: like lays everything out, like they take Doctor Meridian, Dick's gone away, and then they're like the batcave has been destroyed. I really wish they would have done more to Wayne Manor to like blown up you know, like a whole wing of Wayne Manor. That would have been awesome to see.
1: Yeah. Imagine if they got for that level of destruction, that would've been a really big deal. Like
2: you know, and then they could have rebuilt the Wayne Wayne Manor and uh, uh, made changes to the foundation.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, really, right? I, really, I was just gonna mention that. Like you, we all know what we felt like when we wa- when we were watching Batman Begins for the first time. And I'm like, oh my god, Wayne Manor's being burned to the ground! Holy sh! Oh my goodness! Like I was not expecting that. Yeah. I love. I do like that 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 suit, and I love the the question mark. Yeah, that's, that's iconic. Yeah, that's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah,
2: and that's a great shot right there too. That's the 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 city shot. It's very different from, I mean, really, really aesthetically different from what they went for in the Tim Burton Batman films. And uh, and I and I I'll say I as much as I personally actually prefer this. Uh, this film to Batman Returns, and as much as I think that this gets the Batman character right uh, a lot more than the Burton films did, uh, I'll give props to. I mean, the Burton films did a lot of things right, and I think that the gothic look of Gotham they had, I do like that better than the than the Gotham design for this. But only because I just prefer that kind of architecture better. They wanted something different here; they went for it, and this is a this is still cool. Just. Uh, And that was a beautiful cityscape shot, I think.
0: Yeah, this movie does get a lot more right than uh, Tim Burton's second Batman movie, and it just—it just—it's just just all like they—they—they understand. Like to me, when I look at this movie, it's like. Joel Schumacher was reading the comics. As you know, as we all know, Tim Burton doesn't read comics. I've actually read a lot of his books that he does with a lot of his interviews and stuff. He's like, I, I feel like I'm ADHD or ADD. Like, I don't know which panel to read first. So that's why I never read comics. But he's like, oh, yeah. no, like certain like aspects to the comic, even though I've never read it. And like, you can tell. Like, Joel Schum- Schumacher, you can tell, like, they were in the back. Uh,
2: there it goes. <laughs>
0: And like our fur is this, this is the blue? Is this gray or blue?
2: What's that? Is the it,
0: suit gray or blue? I can never tell.
2: It's grey. I think it's silver silver gray. I love silver how, and gray.
0: It's like a dark like, gray. Kinda of like that. At first I I do like Chris O'Donnell's or Dick Grayson's suit in this movie. Even though they, Yeah, yeah. Even though they had that hokey line, Who's your tailor? Come on, just like just let it be. Come on, what does R stand for? It stands for Roger. God, I, lo- I, I do like it when they, they shake hands. Yeah. Like, this was a a, a finally done Batman. It was a pretty good take on it. And, what, and like, this movie just is... A better product than Batman Returns was because mm. they, they, there were so many plot things going on in Batman Returns that just never added to anything. With like the mayoral race, the Red Triangle Circus gang, um, yeah. like it, like this, like this to me s- screams like, okay, we know what doesn't work. Let's try to rectify that with this. I still would have been interested to see Michael Keaton as Batman in this movie, even though I do prefer Val Kilmer in kind of like this role as well, even though it's weird that he turned down $15 million for that movie. <laughs> I even, yeah. Uh, I bet he regrets that.
2: I think that Batman returns uh, visually and aesthetically uh, it had a lot of great things about it. There were also a lot of, you know, it, it was a very sterile feeling movie, and Gotham City essentially had like 10 people lived in Gotham City. And at <laughs> night, anytime Batman was out and about on the streets and he was fighting villains and stuff, there were never people anywhere usually. There's only a couple of scenes. Gotham was so empty, and it felt very oppressively like it was in a giant metal box or something, that the whole movie was filmed in a metal box. But that's what Burton was going for, uh, but I think the biggest problem with that movie actually was that the story was just a collection of a bunch of ideas and scenes kind of thrown together in a bag. Uh, more than I mean, there was the the His Honor the Penguin, you know, kind of influence to it, and uh, but the problem was, it I don't think that there was really. A narrative through line and a really well connected story, whereas this one does have a very well connected story. It's very, you can follow the logic of the story, I think. Uh, whether you like it or not, uh, and enjoy it or not, is a, a separate thing, of course.
0: Like, I have, I have like minor issues with like this whole battleship game that they're playing, but like, it's still fun. Like it doesn't, like it hasn't gone over the deep end, no pun intended, with with the camp yet. Like once, once they get onto the I don't know, the rock things, like holy rusted metal and it's like, Ugh. yeah,
2: that. That was bad, but I have to admit, I laugh every time just because it's kind of like you think that's what it's—you think it's a reference to the the Batman show, and it is. Right. But it's—he's not saying, you know. I thought that was kind of funny. I would never want it in another Batman movie, but I I appreciate that they were kind of poking fun at themselves in a way, doing that because it's like you already think this movie's campy. So at the point he says that. You're like they just went full '60s Batman now. Now they've crossed over, and then it turns out they didn't. You know, so I thought it was a fun little wink.
0: Right. I think it wouldn't have been such a big issue for me if I knew like Batman and Robin would have been like, like the product that we got with that movie. Like okay, like there's your there's the nod, and we never t- like we'll never go down that road again. But like Batman and Robin is like complete camp, camp yeah domestic. Yeah. Like I like that's the CGI with the exploding uh, Batwing was really bad too. Right. That one doesn't hold up. Luckily, there's no sharks in this this in the Gotham Harbor because they'd be pretty effed.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Probably a little bit too much going on for their liking.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And like, okay, so in the
2: very next scene, his hair is completely different. And it's yeah, like, it's that's like, those kind of aesthetic things you can't really worry about in a movie like this, though. Right. <laughs> if tough. you're looking for logic, I mean, yeah, I was, like, complaining about Bruce Wayne's hairdo changing from in, in within a scene, and I realized, I'm like, uh, what am I doing?
1: <laughs> just being nitpicky at this point.
2: This is, well, yeah, it's uh, it's one thing the, the uh, one of the things about this movie is I think that you do really have to kind of embrace the fact that it's entertaining and that if you try if you try to make too much sense of it in a lot of ways, uh, things like that. I mean, not that it's completely without sense. I don't want to say that because I do think there's actually some good themes in this movie and good storytelling but uh, some stuff, it's just aesthetic. The, the visuals and the aesthetics, it's having fun with them and I think you kind of have to take them at face value
0: uh, yeah, I'm getting cool. nitpicky, I know
2: <laughs> oh no, I, that's I nitpick all the time. So. <laughs> like I said, I was complaining about Bruce Wayne's hair being combed different and <laughs> when he walked in a room, so
0: I do like the restraint that Robin shows in this scene. like it's like he kind of like should have been uh well this comes with uh training with Bruce. I would really would have liked to have seen like a scene like in the next movie. Where uh, he talks about like you know how Two Face got the drop on him with a second gun, and they kind of do like a training montage because there's no training in here whatsoever. Like we get what Batman begins. I would have yeah. liked seeing like a follow up to that, but what
2: like now we're just like. St- just well there was that there's a, a deleted scene where we see uh dick grayson training fighting in, in mm-hmm. bruce and uh wayne manor and then we see batman come in and join him and then he's like breaks the the, the workout thing and mm-hmm. dick grayson's like whoa
0: <laughs> i would have liked to see more of that like the training because like like i don't even think they address that in the animated series that well either i can't don't recall if, like, there's a lot of, like, training between him and the Robins, the Robin family.
1: No, not a whole lot. Which is kind of, uh, like, to mention Batman vs. Robin again, that's what I really liked about that movie was, you actually got the show, there were some scenes there where you saw Damien training there, and you really get an idea of, like, how
0: how well he can fight compared to all the other characters, which was really nice. Yeah. I like that scene in Batman versus Robin where, uh, was it Nightwing? He rip, he flips over the cape and just starts beating the crap. <laughs> right. So awesome. <laughs> and now we're now we get into like the things that Batman yeah. doesn't need to have and just only has them for like giant gears. Yeah. And- <laughs> yep. Yeah. That's a bad miniature too. Yeah. That doesn't hold up either.
2: The boot uh, lasers aren't as bad as the back credit card, but it was the The first step down that road.
0: (laughs) At ice skates. Yeah. Let's not forget about that. And then if you notice, I don't know if fans have, when fans listen to this, if you notice like on the left eye, it's like uh, the question mark with his uh, with his like uh. With his little mask—that's a question mark. I don't know if any. I just yes. not... yeah. the other day when I rewatched this, I was like, "Oh my god! Well, how did I miss this all this time ago?"
1: Yeah, I missed that the first time around as well.
2: This is interestingly enough. This suit here that he that Batman's wearing is like, you know, it's annoying that he's got like the the uh, it's a little busy or whatever. It's not the best suit, but in these scenes right here, some of the the way his face looks and that it it fits with with the portion of his face that's uh, visible looks better. That's the best that he looks in the suit. It's one of the best looking looks for the cow, actually. Uh, and I don't otherwise usually think that, but uh, I think that it fits his neck and his head a little better, you know, and it makes his chin and the lower portion of his face just. Uh, looks a little better.
0: Like, I, I, I do like his look in the suit, too, because it's very, really proportionate to his body. I like how it kind of, like, the cape kind of, like, sits. Like, if you look where the like the little lion, uh, where the cape sits, like, with the little, like, triangle things. Like, it sits really nice to it. and Yeah. scream like, it's, it's, a, it just fe- seems like it moves better than the Burton, uh, The burn stuff. Even though I don't like his look, he kind of looks surprised that, like, that they were, like, kidnapped. It's
2: like, oh, my God. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, I forgot.
1: It kind of seems strange that they already had something set up for Robin here when they had no idea that they were actually teamed up together. What? Yeah. Since <laughs> they teamed up, like, five minutes before they even to come here. Right. It's probably just one of those, like, oversights that tend to happen when you're making a film, but we can't really complain about it too much. I do yeah, love... Yeah,
2: the fact that they had all of these different sorts of option traps for Batman and to get, you know, that, that alone shows that they had a great deal of... uh uh, prophetic ability in the first place. <laughs>
0: right. Like this is the the classic death trap from the sixties as well. The only way it could be more
1: sixties is if that was a pit of sharks down there instead of spikes, <laughs>
0: with laser beams on their head. Yes. Swimming in boiling acid. Oh no. <laughs> I do. I do like Jim Carrey's mon- like his monologue, his speech he gives here. Like I really like it's like the perfect blend of Jim Carrey, and the Riddler. Like he was able to like really pull that, and make that really, because there's a lot of scenes where it's like, okay, like this is really Jim Carrey, that's not the character. Okay, this is really the Riddler. Like he he was able to pull those, together. Why didn't he just do this from the beginning? (laughs) That's what I'm asking.
2: Yeah, he kind of stood and let them go through their whole thing.
0: This, this isn't the Batman I know. I would have just, like, fuck it. The ultimate Batarang, too. But, like, this whole thing doesn't make sense either. Why does it screw with his head? Like, why does it make it look like he's... I don't know. Like, the science of this movie just does not
2: work. Well, that's the, uh... I think that's the thing... That when he sits in his little chair... The beams come down from it... And we're filling his head and everything... And now it's coming down and it's like screwing up his head somehow. I have no idea. <laughs> I'm not gonna even try to guess the how the science of this works. Bummer. I do like I do
0: like the the score right here too.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Which it, I mean, this doesn't make sense either because how one is further uh, the gravity thing doesn't work here.
2: Yeah, I I dislike it. Movies, any movie, whether it's this or Spider Man, any of them where the somebody falls and the hero jumps after him and has to be like, I've got to fall faster than them to catch him. I never like that. That's always annoying. Yeah. Uh, I only mean, yeah, that, you people know. say you, you can streamline your body like a skydiver or whatever. Yeah, but they're falling thousands of feet. If you're falling this kind of a distance, then no. Uh, you can't just make yourself fall faster to catch up to somebody. It's not really, doesn't make sense.
1: The he only does. way that really works is if you have thrusters or something pushing you further down. Right. Which Which we clearly saw he does not have.
0: And then, like, this whole thing's like, what... Okay, so, if Batman had all these coins in his pocket... <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: okay. he just brought a bunch of... Well, that was in case he had to park at a parking meter, I guess.
0: How How is he not
1: just... Just in case Two-Face lost his coin, he, get, he has a new one for him. Hold
0: on, I'll, I'll, I'll let you guys hold on one second. Like, you guys can keep recording. Right. But this is what... I, like, like, this is, like, the 1989, like... Think. But this is what he would sound like if he was walking. <laughs> <laughs> right? It does not make sense. And so Batman pretty
1: much kills Two Face. Yeah, he, he straight up kills him here, not directly, but he knew through, throwing those coins that it's going to lead to his death. He knew and it, Look Zeph. at his look at
2: Robin's face is like, yeah, well, fuck you too. <laughs> This is where Robin, he's looking like that, and you expect the music to just go and stop, and him to turn to Batman and go, "You told me I couldn't kill him, <laughs> right?" <laughs> that's the that's the
0: next movie.
2: <laughs> I think it's I think it's a cheat. Basically, is that uh, the the cheat answer is he didn't necessarily know Harvey would fall and die. He knew that Harvey had a gun and was going to shoot him, and rather than risk. It's actually similar to the choice with Harvey Dent at the end of The Dark Knight. Harvey flips the coin, and Batman... Harvey uses chance as the determination about what will happen. Batman refuses to allow chance to decide. He's a man of action that will take action to make sure the right thing happens. So rather than waiting for the flip of the coin... Uh, in both movies Harvey flips the coin Batman jumps and takes action knowing that well when I do this there's a risk Harvey could fall or die but there's also Harvey could fall and grab hold of the edge and hold on or Harvey could not do all those things it could just distract him you know there were a lot of ways it could have worked out like Batman, and un- just Batman. unfortunately for for Harvey it worked out in the worst possible way in both cases
0: <laughs> and Tim Burton stand in <laughs> yeah. His name is Dr. Burton.
2: Show me, show me, show me how to comb my hair.
0: <laughs> you heard it here, folks. Mark Hughes singing. I do like the scene, though, where he's like, I'm Batman. It's really crazy. I really wish that like, we could have had a sequel with uh, the Riddler in it. That would have been logical. But now we're looking for logic with Batman and
2: Robin, so... Right. You know, what What this makes me think is... Uh, at some point, we do... Someday, someone does need to make a Batman movie set in Arkham. Oh, yeah. I mean, it doesn't have to adapt Arkham Asylum, you know, exactly. And I wouldn't want him to just try to do a video game adaptation. Uh, but... Uh, a movie that's set in Arkham and that has Batman go to Arkham uh, f- to to confront the Joker, or where a lot of his people his the people that he's thought are locked up, and you know some kind of jailbreak at Gotham. Which I know I'm describing exactly something that happens in Batman Begins. Right? <laughs> yes. There, there. We we do see inside Arkham. Batman shows up. There is a jailbreak <laughs> in Arkham, so to speak. Uh, but I mean like a movie that kind of centers more around Arkham kind of thing. Do, I think you, it, it would it. be interesting. You could. There's a lot of potential there. Do
0: you play the Arkham games?
2: No, I'm not a video game guy. Uh, I'm not a gamer. Uh, I haven't played... Uh, I played... I liked video games when I was younger and played the old Atari 2600 and the Atari 5200. And I uh, the first PlayStation at, when I'd go to stores that had it, but... I haven't played. Uh, last time I played video games was in 2005. I used to play the Madden football uh, yeah. uh, with my brother on his on my brother's uh, play uh, playstation or yeah, PlayStation, I guess. But that's that's really the. I'm not otherwise. I don't play video. But I I could imagine myself getting into this very much uh, if I played Arkham, the Arkham no, video game. You need to play the Arkham
0: video games. You are Batman. It's like the the. And then here, uh, we're coming to an end with this, and then the bat cowl just vibrates.
2: You know what? I never noticed that until you said it, and now it's the only damn thing I can see. I think it's his... I don't think the cowl's vibrating. I think his head, as he's running, it's his head kind of shaking and moving from side to side. But it definitely makes it look like his ears are shaking. And I love that scene, and I thought... I was about to comment on how what a great shot it is, and what a great end is, and now... I will always, as a matter of fact, I'm going to rewind and I'm going to watch that again just because I can't believe, I'm going to try as hard as I can to just pay attention to the fact that it's a cool shot and not feel like I'm seeing his ears wibble, like wiggle and wobble around.
1: I oh, don't know, we ruined the ending from Eric.
2: Here it comes, okay, he's running again, can I do it? Damn it, no, it's right <laughs> there. I have always thought what a, what a great scene. And see, now I'm watching, it is definitely that, he's, that his head is kind of like moving from, as he's running, his head kind of like tilts a little bit each way. But with the light behind it, the ears are so thin that it creates, uh, the, the bad ears are so thin, it creates that impression of kind of a wobble. And that's really unfortunate that you had to point that out to me. Thanks. <laughs> I appreciate it, jerk. Look at that. John Favre. Oh yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. He's he the in the scene with uh, where after the guy throws himself uh, out of the window, presumably.
2: So overall, I completely forgot that. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, I wish you'd pointed that out. Because now I want to rewind it and watch that again too.
0: <laughs> um, so overall, what what do you think, of this, guys, of this? This third cinematic take of Batman of 1995 Batman. I honestly yes, think ahead.
1: it's really underrated. Like we've already said, and I personally would take this movie over uh, the Batman Returns probably any day except maybe on Christmas. <laughs> just, just because of just because it's set during Christmas, but other than that, I'd probably take this movie over it.
2: Yeah, I agree. I, uh, I personally. The, as far as the theatrical version, which we just watched, uh, I, I I like this better than Batman Returns. I think this is of the first three movies. I think this is the most uh, the closest to my Batman in terms of it being a heroic presentation of the character in a way. Uh, I think if I had the theatrical version compared to the the first film, it's hard to beat jack nicholson and michael keaton and the first time you ever see batman in live action in a serious way so i give batman 89 uh, a slight edge over the theatrical release of batman forever but batman red book edition i think is superior to any of the other batman movies until uh chris nolan so i think uh there is a version of this movie that I definitely think is better than both Burton movies, and I think the theatrical is better than Batman Returns for sure.
0: I now that I've, we did the commentary track for Batman Returns, and like I always enjoyed it, but like sitting with a group of other guys who are kind of like love movies as much as I do, like and them pointing out like issues with it and everything, like I really enjoyed this so much more than Batman Returns because. It starts off better. We don't start off with an abortion. Essentially, that's what happened in Back Returns. It's it's more. Uh, oh it's not. It's not like the tone of it. It's just more. Uh, it's just the whole movie as a whole is just is a lot better. Like from the acting of it, there's no like other than like the Tommy Lee Jones stuff. It's not as dark. It feels more structured. Right. Like there's a there's a whole there's a story going on. It, it's driven by plot, it's driven by, you know, like the stuff going on with uh Yeah. With, with everything going on, like there's actually like stuff going on where like it brings up Bruce's like past and everything where with Batman returns it's like, okay, like it's more about the villains set in what Bill Raimi says what he thinks he's I think he says like matchbox world Um, that he says about it and like and like it's just so much better than the previous one it just I really wish like it's like Batman Forever kind of resets the world for Batman and everything and and then it just tapers off with the next movie it's like man you guys really screwed the pooch again with another sequel yeah it's just bizarre
2: now I will give Batman Returns uh, major props for what a great cowl he has in that movie. I like I, I love the bat suit uh, in that, and I'm I'm one of the people that really uh, over time I think the first Batman films cowl has really not held up very well. It looks like it's made of clay, and that you can almost see like thumbprints and stuff in it where they were molding it. And it's so big that every time he turns sideways and there's a back-off shot of him sideways, that Batman cowl on his head is so big he looks like Dark Helmet from Spaceballs to me. (laughs) And the one in Batman Returns is so much better. I love the cowl in Batman Returns. And generally I prefer the short-eared cowls on Batman. Uh, I don't like the, the real long ears. But... The one exception is uh that cowl in Batman returns. The live action cowl with the long ears in that movie, that's just I think that's a great bat suit.
0: I do have one issue with the cowl when he pull when he when he's in Batman <laughs> when he pulls the phone to it.
2: <laughs> yeah. I'm like <laughs> what? <laughs>
1: Hello? <laughs> Hello, I can't hear you.
2: Well, Hello? I can't understand what you're saying. Are you talking to
1: me? It sounds like there's something between the earpiece and my ear.
0: <laughs> like, that's my issue with it. But there's just...
2: this, the scene at the end, too, when he's taking it off and he, like, tears that's it. Like it and it's like, oh, that. really? It's not <laughs> armor? It's rubber? What? I have so issue... how did it stop bullets? What kind of rubber is that? I have it When he punches through the the armored Batmobile.
0: Oh. (laughs) Yeah. 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 But yeah, like, this movie, uh... It definitely deserves to, uh... Be re-examined through the prism of time. Now that we have... Two different cinematic takes on the character... Some people will say three, you know, you have the Tim Burton, you have the Joel Schumacher, but they were pretty much of a piece. Like, you still have, like, a yeah. lot of the recurring... Um, There's supposed to be a continuation of that. And, right. like, it, it definitely needs to be re-examined um, through history, and it definitely, it might be the mo- most fan-friendly version of Batman during this era. There's a lot of... Uh, they, there's a lot of moving, good moving parts in this movie. Like a lot of people like have complaints with Batman '89 because you know the Joker stole the movie. Then he's really hardly in it in the in the second one as well. But this one, it's like this is movie is about Batman and all the things that he is going through. You yeah. know, with his the flashbacks. You know, like that and like the. That's why I think like. Through the prism of time and through history, with you know the Nolan stuff, and this one, this other than the '89 because that has like that's the first one, obviously nostalgia takes over. But this one might might be the best of the series of this I, series.
2: That's a very. I think you raise a good point about uh, that. This is definitely a movie where, on the one hand, it has very colorful villains who are once again we get a lot of the origin story of the villains taking up time and in, in the film but this is the first batman movie where that the villains did not overshadow batman and where batman and his story arc and his character were dominant in the story in the film and where batman as a character when he's in costume and the things he does on screen he is definitely always as interesting to watch and as cool as the bad guys Mm -hmm. and i think that uh that's definitely something that was lacking in the Burton films. Uh, they they focused so heavily on the villains that when uh, Batman just didn't really seem to get as much screen time and didn't really seem very developed or to have as much... He was He seemed very much just reacting to things all the time. And some would argue that's the nature of being a vigilante. But I like in this that we saw him not being... He wasn't just so reactive to everything. We got a very, a very broad portrait of Bruce Wayne and Batman here,
0: and we got to see a lot of the things that the iconic images of him going to Wayne Manor. Now, this not not Wayne Manor, but Wayne Enterprises. Like we ne- we didn't get that in the first two movies. We got that here. We got the the yeah. you know, everyday life of Bruce Wayne. Where in the previous ones, it was like, okay, he's just chilling. Like, he's almost captive in his own home. Like, if... And uh, I like to uh, attribute that to, like... I wouldn't say, like, Howard Hughes, but the Orson Welles film Citizen Kane, where he's kind of, like, a product of his own environment, of his own, like, stuff. He's kind of, like, just stays at... i don't you i hope everyone's like kyle have you seen citizen kane i know mark has yeah i think
1: most of us have
0: okay so like he like it just really screams that uh charles foster kane where he just like he's just in his castle and like that's really all he does just like bruce does in the first two batman movies like yeah you might see him walking around but he's really not doing anything at all
2: yeah, he did. Bruce Wayne. Uh, there was a very clear impression of Bruce Wayne in, particularly in Batman Returns, that he just kind of he's sitting. He's sitting at his house. Think about when we see him uh, uh, in the movie. He's sitting there in the dark, just waiting until the bat signal comes on to go out and do something as Batman, kind of thing. I mean, we see him a little bit when he's with Max Shreck and he's uh, he's debating the whole power plant thing. With him, but for the most part, it felt just kind of obligatory, and and I don't think there was ever a lot of attention or thought put into Bruce Wayne. Frankly, in the Burton films, there was not a lot of thought put into character development outside of the Joker. Uh, he's the only one who had much character development. In Batman Returns, it was all about character. So they were all standing in uh, for archetypes and for animal and representing particular animal aspects of human nature. And they were just kind of – the characters were tools for Burton to convey concepts that weren't really fully formed or even really fully interconnected, I feel. Uh it
0: felt like Batman Returns was – Edward, the Edward Scissor Hand sequel he always wanted to make. <laughs> like, it really screams that because it's not about Batman at all. It's about. There's more screen time of Max Shrek than there is of, of Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm not saying of Batman. I'm talking just as of Bruce Wayne. There's more screen time of Max than there are, is of Bruce. Yeah. That, there's That's an inherent issue I have with those movies. You know, like, and, I, and like, nostalgia takes over and it's hard for. You know, like, I I do have love for those first two movies, but within the history and looking back at, you know, the Nolan stuff we got with Nolan and, and then the stuff we got previously, like, to me, Forever really is the most underrated of this Batman cinematic universe because it just unfairly gets lumped together with Batman and Robin.
2: Yeah, and, and Schumacher is a good film. Uh, people say, oh, the Schumacher Batmans, and they say it in a very derogatory way. And Schumacher is a, absolutely a great filmmaker. And uh, whether, I mean, I think we all know Schumacher himself certainly is aware of the fact that Batman Returns is just not a great. Uh, it's, it's put together very well. It's technically dazzling, and it's visually stunning film, uh, and it was exactly what it was trying to be, but what it was trying to be was just unfortunately just migraine-inducing. <laughs> <laughs> but Schumacher knows that, but Batman Forever definitely is not that kind of a film, and it, it's got a bad rap, and I would say that the, uh, the full Batman uh, Forever Red Book Edition is the best film of the first four movies, and uh, Batman Forever, the theatrical version that we just watched... Is definitely a close second in my book to uh, Batman 89. For sure, for sure. I
1: would agree with that statement.
2: So, any any final words on this film, you guys?
0: I feel like we've said all that we had to say. Phil Kilmer gave a really great performance. I really like Chris O'Donnell. And I like the unsung hero, all these movies for me is Michael Goff as Alfred.
2: He just. Yeah. Uh, Goff is th- terrific.
0: And even in Batman and Robin, like he does some good stuff. You yes, know. he does. Yes, he does.
2: <laughs> um, there are some good scenes between him and George Clooney in that movie. And again, it just kind of speaks to the fact that you can hate that film and not like it's Batman. And, and fully, yes, it ruined Batman and it kind of sank the comic book superhero film genre for, for several years. But uh, it has its moments. It's not just completely without anything at all any good in it, and it is is—it is one valid interpretation of Batman. You know, just not anyone that I'd ever want to see come to life again, ever. Ever.
0: No. 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 That's... I don't... Ugh. That abomination. So, let's just end it right here, uh, for episode 33 of Shannon on Batman.
2: I am Justin Shannon. We have... Kyle Davis. And mark hughes thank you for having me
0: on again guys do you want mark do you want to before we leave do you want to pimp anything out that you're working on
2: uh well just uh uh tune in as usual to my blog at forbes i've got a lot of stories uh, uh that'll be coming soon uh some movie reviews for you i've got a uh a little bit of news that will become that as soon as i'm able to run with it that i'll have out uh uh, I'll be going to the the premiere of uh, Superman Lives, uh, the terrific documentary from John Schnepp that's uh, that's coming out next weekend. Uh, I'm excited for it. It looks it's it looks great. Um, it's going to be a fun time, and so uh, I'll be there at the premiere and I'll be reporting on that and uh, delivering my review of it, Very uh, nice. and uh, of course a big assessment of how Avengers: Age of Ultron does.
0: Oh yeah. So yeah, thank you for coming on again. We'll have to do this again for sure with Batman and Robin or Batman begins. Just depends on how our uh, schedules line up for that. So So yeah, for episode thirty-one, Shannon and Batman, thank you.
2: Thank you. Thanks, guys. I am the night. I am the